I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Well, it was a great weekend in the Premier League yet again. <laughs> nah, seriously though, Everton are in real trouble. Welcome to the Football Ramble. It's Monday the 4th of April. I'm Jules Free. I'm Jim Campbell. And I'm Luke Moore. Welcome along, everyone. Happy Monday. Hope you all had a lovely weekend. It is Luke, Jim and Frank Lampard's best impersonator, Jules Breach, here with you today. <laughs> you did did well I do there, all right yeah. there? Yeah, I think the way that you got into the method beforehand <laughs> to really focus and wouldn't let anyone talk to you so he'd get it right really, really paid off. A lot of got, frowning. A lot of frowning beforehand. Got yeah. to work on those lines. Yeah. Got to look like you've seen four terrible things in your life. <laughs> yeah. The Gordon Ramsay method. Or just watch an Everton game. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we will come on to Everton because that was certainly one of the results of the weekend. Them losing yet again but there were some cracking results and some really high scoring matches so I think there's only one place to start the absolute bonkers West London derby how many West London derbies are there now quite a few but the West London derby between Chelsea and Brentford where Brentford won 4-1 4-1 at Stamford Bridge. What a result for the Bees. Yeah, and um, the big takeaway from for me was Thomas Tuchel saying in the post-match interview, uh, we stopped defending and I don't know why. Yeah. And it's like, well, you should know why. Mm. That's not a great advert for you in your role, is it? I don't really know. You know, if someone's come to me, so that, that, that football round episode you did the other day is really bad. What was bad about it? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know why. <laughs> I think he's a busy man though, isn't he? That's him just starting his to-do list. Yeah, probably. He's is, just yeah. multitasking, well, essentially. It, Br- Brassel called the Tuchel thing very, very early on. Did I'm not, he? I'm what not, did he say? He said that it'll be, they'll have a meltdown at some point. They'll all fall out of love with him. It'll all go wrong. Why I'm, is I'm he always... Why is Andy Russell always right. Well, He's I mean, a genius. The, some would say there's other things um, going on at the club, which of course there is. And this is just a one-off result, right? I mean, mm-hmm. we're not realistically saying that this is significant of anything bigger, are we? It's just one of those games in the, in the Barclays, wasn't it? It might be. I think that the obviously Barclays. there's a lot of stuff, a lot, lot of other stuff going on, as you've alluded to, which is you know must translate to to the players and to the staff. What you know, however much they try and keep it out of their minds. Also, we're coming back off an international break that's been that's felt like the longest international break that wasn't has a, it felt an actual long? tournament. Has it felt like long? I think long yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it okay. has. Because um, we were talking on Friday about you know some teams are going to struggle to get back up to speed and we wondered who it was and clearly it was Chelsea. So I think you're right, it's probably an anomaly. It'd be far more interesting if it wasn't and Chelsea start dropping points all over the shop now. Um, I might be quite biased in wanting that to happen, but still. Um, but yeah, I mean, you look at a result like this and you assume someone's been sent off you know yeah, what I mean? Or yeah, some yeah, mad yeah. thing has happened. But it, it, there no. wasn't, the, the mad thing that happened was Christian Eriksen, I suppose. Yeah. 
let's let's not make any excuses. Brentford were bloody yeah, brilliant. They, they were, were amazing. It was so good to watch because even first half when it was nil nil, going in at half time. Brentford were the way better side and they deserve to actually be in front in that first half. And so then when you come out early second half and Rudiger scores an absolute That's a brilliant rocket. Goal, yeah. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. And, and, and Brentford's response to that was really impressive. Yeah. I mean, if you think that they go straight off the back of Rudiger scoring, they score themselves and they score two more. And they score three, three in 10 minutes, basically. Yeah. I think Rudiger's legs are too long for his body. They do look very long. And when he hit that, when he hit that shot and it went in, it looked almost alien-esque. Did not look quite right. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. It, he's just a funny looking footballer, isn't he? Yeah. Well, I, th- I think he's Very got, gangly. But I think he's got, from torso, so from waist up, mm. he's got like the physique I would want. Oh, like, really? Right, middleweight boxer type physique. Very <laughs> slim, but obviously very tough. The legs are big. The legs are a problem. <laughs> I don't know though. Or are they an, not? They're not a problem well, for a football player. It can it's be an advantage. Bad. Look at Patrick Vieira. Yeah, like, he was very long-legged. Yeah. An yeah. utterly unique body type, yeah. really. And mm. it was a huge advantage to him. So Patrick Rudiger v- might have the same sort of advantage. Probably got a, v- he's got a longer reach, hasn't he, for tackling and that, which <laughs> is important for defenders, I believe. Patrick Vieira could do that move he always used to do where he said, long leg out to block or scoop leg around, the ball around. And every single one of those moves now would be subsequently ruled out by VAR. Yes, every <laughs> single one. Yeah. yeah. 4-1 though, what a result for Brentford. Incredible. I mean, they're, they're pretty much guaranteed their safety in the Premier League. Not mathematically, but, you know, they're, they're there, aren't they? I yeah. think there's definitely three teams well, that are worse. And that was just, I mean, what a result for them to, to get. And, and a performance as well. And the goals too. I mean, I thought Mbwemo had one of the best games of the season for him. I know he didn't even score, but yeah. despite that, he was just involved in absolutely everything. I thought he was brilliant. They could have scored more. I mean, there's a very early mistake by Mendy that should have mm-hmm. been punished. Oh, yeah. Um, that Tony one Tony where he went chance. over. Yeah. I mean, Tony had three decent chances in the first half alone before Rudy yeah. scored, didn't he? Yeah, so, sorry. I mean, yeah, they really, they really, really were fantastic. And it's great to see because... Um, at the start of the season, they played a lot more like this, didn't they? And they, they retreated into themselves a bit in the middle part of the season. And when, when they came to the Emirates, they offered nothing, really. And I picked that game out because I was there and you, you obviously get a better idea of, of how teams set up when you see them live. And also in and comparison to the opening game of the season where they beat Arsenal. Exactly, yeah. 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 So, like, it's really, really good that they seem to have found this confidence again where they will go to go to Stamford Bridge and go, you know what, we're just going to try and win this. We're going to go for it. How much of that do you think is down to Ericsson? How, oh, much, big, of a, how much of a lift has he given them, Luke? He's given them a lift at the right time. But the thing is with, with Brentford from the start of the season through to about the middle of October, really, you were thinking they'd be fine in this division. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know I know it's easy to say that on the open because the opening day they had a, such an amazing night. Was it was a Friday night they beat Arsenal at home. It, it was pumping in there, new stadium, all the rest of it. But actually, if you go through to kind of um, the middle of October, they get a very creditable draw against Liverpool 3 or they smashed Oldham in the League Cup. Um beat them 7-0 or something. And they always looked like they would be good enough to stay in the division. They had that really tricky period from the new year through to about a month ago where they just couldn't get a win from anywhere. But they've always, I mean, yes, yeah, so Ericsson coming in gives them a boost at the right time maybe, but they've always had enough quality to stay in the division. Now, I don't think there's ever been any question about that. I like the fearless nature they approached the game at Stamford Bridge because it's interesting with teams like Brentford around this start, this time of the season, you'll see teams who'll go, this is fine now. We're we're done. Yeah, we're, we're all right yeah, now. we're fine. Mm. Or you go. This is a chance for us to really kind of make a name for ourselves. Get a couple of showpiece and um, results for the fans to remember. Really fighting for our place still. All the rest of it. And that's obviously what Brentford have done. Um, I, I've I found speaking of what Tuchel said earlier. I think another thing he said, which is strange. He said we were wearing gloves and it was <laughs> snowing during training yesterday, and then today it was very very warm. It's like <laughs> as adults. You are used to having changes in weather. Yeah. I know that's probably a particularly extreme example, maybe, but I mean, I don't really know if that's going to be cut the cut the cut the mustard with the fans that you got whooped for at home because it got a bit warm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> really? Well, it's just you know, he's been asked a question he doesn't have an answer to, is he? So he's just scrambling around thinking, could could be gloves? <laughs> maybe we lost because of gloves. I yeah. actually really like. I've interviewed Thomas Tuchel quite a quite a bit when I work on Champions League games, and I tend to co- to cover Chelsea. I'm actually going to the game on on Wednesday against Real Madrid, which will hopefully be brilliant and I'm anticipating we'll see a completely different performance from Chelsea yeah. on Wednesday uh, but I actually love interviewing him I think he's actually quite entertaining I always find his answers he always kind of goes somewhere else with with, mm. with the answer he always answers yeah. the question but then also takes you somewhere that's else yeah. that's what you fun. want ideal yeah, for you absolutely intense focus from yeah. Tuchel is, yeah, is yeah, what yeah. you seem to get I, uh, yeah, I enjoy watching his interviews to his, well. to his credit from what I remember he doesn't seem to have used this uncertainty around the club as much of an excuse oh he's either. been brilliant as well on that he's, he's been really really clear headed <laughs> 
Yeah. Yeah. So you, you guys, thanks for all coming. You probably know what I'm thinking when it comes to why the result was poor today. And everyone's like, yeah, 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 the ownership and that. No, no, gloves. It's actually to do with gloves. <laughs> it's really warm today in London. <laughs> yeah. Actually, to be fair, the weather looked absolutely beautiful. And there was such a contrast because um, obviously watching all the three o'clock games because I was at work on Saturday, I get to see the different weather across the country. Yeah. And you've got London that was basking yeah. in sunshine and the Brentford fans having the time of their life in the away end at, at yeah. the bridge. And then you looked at Turf Moor and you're like, oh, it's grey. It's grey in Burnley today. Highlights, and they're getting battered by Man City. Highlights for us, who, those of us who watch, watch BT Sport but actually know you as well, were watching you paint like a shit-eating grin on your face <laughs> and be professional. When, How are my acting skills? When, when Neil Morpai missed that penalty. <laughs> <laughs> and those of us who know you know there are not enough swear words in the, in yeah. the world that you'd want to use. And you know what's <laughs> the biggest wind-up as well is that Steve Sidwell, who was watching the game, goes, is he going to score it, Jules? And I was like... Like, <laughs> don't ask me that. He's question. turned you into Keegan. Yeah. And, no, uh, no and you, know what, you know what my response was? Hope so. Hope <laughs> <laughs> so. Kevin Keegan once did it live in a game and went, "Yes, oh, oh." When it was <laughs> me. But you know, um, basically me. Graham Potter said, and we are going to do a bit of Brighton oh, here. Yeah. But it's not in the running it doesn't order. Matter. Graham Potter said that the Brighton fans are putting off the players by telling them to shoot all the time. <laughs> you were doing that on BT Sports, or do you, do you realise that? Well, I was saying shoot. Every shoot. now and then, yeah, you just look down and go, and the scores are coming in. Shoot! Go, shoot, Neil, shoot! You could hear the producer saying, kill Jules's mic. Yeah, she's kill, saying kill shoot again. Because you know that Brighton had um, quite a lot of shots in that game? We did have quite a lot of shots. I was watching it. 31. Yes. 31. And how many as goals? Many as how many goals did we score? None. Yeah. Well, you are a horrible person. Let's continue talking about um, Chelsea Brentford then. I'm going to move this swiftly on. Uh, I think the. Um, the music choices from both teams were also quite amusing. Ivan Tony chose Dancing in the Moonlight as their first song in the dressing room. I'm, that's a weird one. Do you I'm, rate that? I am shocked at the legacy of this song because when it came out, it was a bit of a like figure of fun, wasn't it? A cover it as well. Was, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, and it was like sort of it was it was like it the cover? benchmark for yeah. a shit song. It's a cover. Yeah. Uh, and everyone loves it now. You is hear it, it all the time. Is it? Is that harsh, Jim? By I you? do. I do think it is. Harsh. I'm not saying that that's necessarily what mm. I think. I'm fairly indifferent to it. But it, people think... used it as a punchline quite a lot, and it's still here. I just find it odd that like Ivan Tony, right? He's quite cool. He's like in his mid-twenties. He was quite cool. Yeah, he's, he I mean, was quite he's cool. Quite, he's like quite absolutely torpedoed that. He's with put this. that. Oh, that's his first choice. When all the, all the lads are around, it's a weird one for me. Yeah. That you can't not enjoy it when it's on, though, can't? Can you? Yeah, but I mean, I feel like when that song comes on, like a, a turtleneck grows out of whatever <laughs> you're wearing, and it just it's it's a it's a certain vibe that is not for a dressing room like, to smash in Chelsea. Yeah, he's basically chosen a song, which is the last song you hear when you turn the car off in the Waitrose car park. <laughs> yeah, and he's going, come on, lads. I just yeah. I find that odd. It's the very last song of the night at a shit wedding, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. yeah. I guess it probably is, yeah. I, I actually should take that back because it was actually one of my best friend's first dance songs. <laughs> a shit wedding, apparently. A no, shit wedding. I enjoyed no, your wedding, mate. I enjoyed Name it. Name them. No. <laughs> um, what I also did find amusing was the DJ at Stamford Bridge tried to, you know, just chill everyone out by playing a bit of Bob Marley at the end of that game. Lose 4-1 nice. to Brentford. Let's put a bit of three little birds on let's all calm down every little thing's going to be alright everything's going to be fine guys yeah. it's alright it's only it's only Brentford we're alright although some people are saying now that uh, third place for Chelsea could be lost I think well I think it's definitely up for grabs mm. mm-hmm. definitely up for grabs if you look at the situation um, they're what are they five Arsenal, points Arsenal clear? really isn't it Arsenal and Spurs that are Arsenal chasing. got a game in hand yeah, yeah. So, I mean it's, it can't be too over the top Chelsea have only lost one of their last six or so so I mean we'll, we'll see what happens mm. but it's I think it's in play now yeah, it's got to sure. be what everyone else is aiming. I say everyone else, what Arsenal and Spurs are aiming at, right? Yeah, yeah definitely. Sure. Um, let's talk West Ham two, Everton one. Another brilliant result for David Moyes' men ahead of a big week in Europe for them, which I'm very excited about. But I, I think really the story with this one is Everton losing again, a sixth straight defeat for Everton and Frank Lampard. Three red cards in three consecutive games for one of his players as well. It was just. I mean, I saw it coming, to be fair. I didn't think Everton would get a result at the London Stadium, but mm. this is not looking good for old Frank. Can I just correct you slightly? It was three red cards and three league games. Um, yes, sorry. Let's, let's not forget the big game against <laughs> Crystal Palace in the Cup where they didn't have a person sent off, but they did, of course, lose 4-0. Mm. Um, a so typical cup tie. Let's not kick him when they're down. <laughs> Look, thanks for you don't need to kick them. You can just no. say what happens. Do you know what I mean? Just <laughs> state the facts. Yeah, exactly. Do you remember when Newcastle were, take, were taken over? I was really worried about losing a banter club. Yeah. Nature will step in. <laughs> Nature finds a way. Yeah. I feel 
a bit. It will correct itself. You know what? I, f- I felt a bit sorry for Everton in oh, this God, game. Yeah. You know why? Because they they started quite well, and actually, I think their response when they went behind was also it was it wasn't it okay. Was, it was no way the worst example of Frank Lampard's Everton. They were they were okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's a lot of questions to answer still, obviously, and clearly the the, the problems at Everton go a lot deeper than Frank Lampard, and. We've seen that with previous managers. I mean, there's an issue there. Clearly, there's probably several issues there. They're in big trouble. Like, I, I, I don't think it's over overstating to say that they're in a lot of trouble. And yeah. I think I think Lampard's decisions are also compounding it. If you stick to just the football, because um, that's probably you know what we know best, because we don't really know the ins and outs of what's happening at them, at them as a club. You've got a situation like you say, three red cards in a row in the league. That's obviously not not ideal. Michael King's decision making very very poor for a player <laughs> who's got international experience. You can't tell me that Mason Holgate can play in central midfield for Everton away from home. Especially with team. those socks. Hey. Yeah, well, Holes all over the gaff. That's because their calf muscles are so big, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. It is. What? It's to relieve the yeah. pressure on their calf muscles. Yeah. Oh, I thought when he went down injured, the physio was cutting oh, maybe. tape out some and them, that's why he had holes. Some of them do cut holes in them. Yeah. 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 I know he scored a goal, by the way. Yeah. But, but the I mean, most Frank Lampard goal Everton have yet yeah. scored. Yeah. What a big deflect. Heavily deflected from the <laughs> oh, end of the box. Lampard's got enough problems without getting those kind of digs in still. That's what we used to say about him like 10 years ago. Well, you know. I heard it's that, playing in the image of their manager. I heard that these three consecutive league red cards um, is actually equal to the amount Frank Lampard had in his entire career As of over 600 wow. appearances, and yeah. they've done it in three league games. So on yeah. top of that, they lead the, they lead the league for mistakes leading to goals. I know all, not oh, all of that will so be under Lampard. So many mistakes, but that's the problem, isn't it? It, it be had a. I felt really sorry for him actually. He had a, he had a, he made a bad one at the weekend, and obviously that to me implies they're playing with some fear, right? But is that is that what is that what's going to happen? Joking aside, Jim, is that what's going to happen when you only pay twenty eight million for a footballer? <laughs> <laughs> they're going to make I very think, basic I, errors. I think we got forty million. On target, I don't think he's reaching any be- targets. Yeah, you're probably right. Actually, probably. It's right. a lot of money, though, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, Jim, what about the idea that um, talking? I said earlier, Lampard compounding this issue with these with these things. Like, I think the day that Lampard took the job, they got Ali in on loan, right? And Lampard mm-hmm. was waxing lyrical about mm-hmm. Daly Ali, how great he was. Doesn't even use him off the bench. No. Uses one sub the whole game, which is to take off Calvert Lewin, which I understand because he's going to come back from an injury. But he brings on um, a kind of wide midfield player. So they end up with a, a complete change of form. I, I just thought it was very, very strange. Their squad seems to be all over the place. I think p- part of what Everton needs to do if they can stay up um, is, and I, again, I think they will, they, they need to stop being essentially an early retirement home for, for players like Deli Alley and to a, to a degree, Donny van der Beek who's obviously been a lot better than Alley. Like, he was are, injured in the warm-up to be fair, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, he was. But yeah. they, are, they are seen as a club is where you can rehabilitate. No, I don't think so. He's still young. He's well, yeah, but I mean, he he's, he's not getting abroad. in the team, he, is he? He needs to go elsewhere. Like he's not gonna. A lot of people in Liverpool do consider Liverpool to be abroad. <laughs> I just think he almost needs a completely fresh start, away from the UK media, away from yeah. you know the spotlight, and just go somewhere and get his head down and get fit and and just kind of just get back to enjoying football because he doesn't look like he's enjoying it. Yeah. I, I I've I don't know I, I diverge from Jim slightly. I don't know if they will get out of this. I think a lot depends on that that game midweek against Burnley away. That is absolutely gigantic. Which now Michael Keane misses because Suspended. of that red card. Ridiculous. Like, it's just, I don't, it's I don't think Yerry Mina's back for a wee while either. And they've also got to play Watford away. Now, now if you if you look at those two teams, really, realistically, right, for, for Everton to go down, a couple of things need to happen, right? So in this case, it's essentially going to be one of Watford or Burnley to find a bit of form. Yeah. Burnley traditionally, I know they haven't shown much recently, they're traditionally much better in the second half of the season. And you have to think at some point that they will kind of get it together under Dyche. Now, I said from the very start of the season, I thought it might be a bit different for them this season. I think they might go down. Mm. Watford under Roy Hodgson. This is around the time when a Roy Hodgson team starts clicking. Everything's Mm. so um, formulaic. Everything's done time and time again. It takes a while for his ideas to kick in, but he's very regimented. And they've got some games coming up, like Leeds, Leeds at home, Brentford at home, um, where they might actually start to build a bit of a momentum themselves. If either of those teams um, do that, I genuinely think Everton are in massive, massive trouble. And I think even more than that, given what's happening with the new stadium, given the amount of money they're losing, you are looking... I I heard a guy, um, an Everton fan, media kind of guy, who was really, really articulate. I can't remember his name, sadly. But anyway, he was saying, look, we make no bones about it. If we get relegated this season, we we are the new Sunderland. 
We, mm. we have lost so much money wow. and so much has gone wrong at the club that they could be the new Sunderland. So the stakes are really high for Everton. That game midweek against Burnley is a massive six-pointer. It's absolutely huge. There's only four points between Burnley and Everton now and they've now both played the same amount of games as well. So they're equal in that sense. They do have two games in hand on Watford who are sandwiched in between the two of them in terms of the table. But yeah, it is certainly worrying times. Um, as for the West Ham perspective on this... Um, David Moyes just is, is, he's loving it. He's having a great season, isn't he? And he described that win as just a starter. We've now got a main course coming up. Disrespectful to Frank again. And also, they're playing Brentford after that. So are they dessert? (laughs) Bees, honey for dessert. I prefer it to every game being a cup final, to be honest. Yeah, Mm. people say The rest of the season is a 10-course taster menu. Yeah, Aaron Creswell with the best shithousery of the weekend as well. <laughs> that was ridiculous. Oh, yeah. so good. Well, it put the ball kick. into his face. What oh, I'm oh, talking about different as well. Things. Oh, I was yeah, <laughs> two things in one game. Yeah, the thing I'm referring to, Jim, is uh, after he scores that beautiful free kick, which just was you, you couldn't pick a better yeah, spot. It beautiful. was absolutely stunning. He then goes over to the Everton fans and cups his ears at them, obviously because he's from Liverpool and I think a, a born and bred Liverpool fan. So, oh, I didn't realise that. Nice I thought it was bit just because. That. I thought it's yeah. just because players sometimes do that where they go no, to celebrate, and I don't fan. know which fans it is. Yeah, yeah he's a Liverpool know. fan, so that was that was lovely. And it's then nice he obviously uh, kicked the ball at Richarlison. Tried just right into his head. Tried to kill Richarlison. <laughs> mad, <laughs> yeah, absolutely crazy. mad. I'm, I was actually surprised. I mean, perhaps you know, referring to that, mistakenly thinking you were referring to that as shithousery is, is underplaying quite how mad that was because. It was a bit naughty. I'm surprised you didn't get sent off. Actually, yeah, yeah, he was Um, quite lucky. I think. I also like the fact that you know, as a testament to what David Moyes has been able to achieve at West Ham, the players all looked like they were really, really desperate to be starting against Leon. Mm. It's such a big game for them, and um, you know, I mean, West Ham could could have. I mean, they already arguably have had a really good European season, but it could get even better for them. And all the players looked like they really wanted to be. Not not jeopardise playing against Leon because they know it's such a big game for the club. So that was. um, yeah, that I was, was pretty good as well. I was surprised that Jared Bowen started, actually, because obviously he's been injured for quite a while and I thought David Moyes might just not want to risk him in this game. But actually, he had a brilliant game, scoring again. Um, and actually, that goal that he scored, when when we talk about things not going well for Everton, when they showed the VAR, because they were checking to see if Mikel Antonio was onside when the ball was um, passed forward to him, it actually looked like they were lining up Frank Lampard in his technical area to see if he actually gets <laughs> oh, Miguel really? Antonio onside. On wasn't quite that, uh, but he but he was onside. And Jared Bowen, what a return for him as well because you know they've they've been desperate and they have really missed him in these last few matches since he's been out. So a timely return for him as well, and and a great player. I think outside of the top four, he's got the most uh, goal involvements in the Premier League this season. Uh, it's, it's absolutely astonishing to me mm. that he isn't in the England squad. I think he should be. He probably would have been, been, do you think, if he wasn't injured? Yeah, Yeah. he he will be. I mean, I I think he should have been called up ages ago. Yeah. Um, He's always shown since he's moved to the Premier League how good he is and how much he can affect a game. That's just how positive he is. Mm -hmm. His numbers are great, but also he's just really positive as well. And so I would like to see him as part of the setup. And David David Moyes actually said, he said, um, I I knew I had a chance to either give Bowen 60 minutes from the start or kind of half an hour at the end. So I went for for the start and, um, and... he obviously wanted to protect him ahead of this European game. But I mean, I, th- I think West Ham will, will get through against Leon. I know Andy yeah. does as well, even though he's a Leon Yeah, fan. he does. Yeah. Um, and you know, I think that's actually the right decision from David Moyes because are you ready for the biggest name drop I've ever done on this Football Ramble podcast? Um, when I worked with Thierry Henry recently, <laughs> <laughs> we were talking... Do you ever do about... like shadowing at work? Like, <laughs> yeah. Come along for a day. Yeah. You can if you want. Yeah. He smells lovely. Yeah. I bet he does. Looks better in his tracksuit than he does in a suit. I think. Like, he just always looks the, good, doesn't he? Yeah. He does, yeah. yeah. You, how disappointed would you have been if he didn't smell very nice? Very. We've got we've got a bit of a list uh, in the in, in the office of the people that have come in who smell the nicest. Have you? Am I at the top? No. You Although, just smell nice today. No, you nice always today. smell nice. Yeah, you had that nice fragrance earlier that we were all smelling as nice. At the top of the list is um, ex-Love Island contestant Josh Denzel. Oh, yeah, I've met him. He does smell good. Smells great. Yeah. Uh, so back would to you what... say Henri smells nicer? Yes. Okay, carry yes, on. Yes, yes, yes. Um, we were talking about injuries and returning from injury. I can't remember who we were referring to. It might have been, um, uh, I can't remember. Anyway, I think it was a Real Madrid player that we were talking about. And he actually said that the worst thing you can do as a manager, if, you're, if one of your players is injured, is actually bring them on late on in the game because mm. you want to actually have a full warm-up before yeah, you quite. return from injury. Yeah. So rather than coming off the bench where you've sat there, and of course you do a little warm-up on the sideline, but it's not the same. 
he he actually said it is so much better for a player that's returning from injury to actually start a game and come off early. So I thought that was quite fascinating. I'd never mm. really thought about that before. Anyway. I'm surprised um, you could concentrate on him. Yeah. <laughs> I, um, so the only thing you can remember that he said? <laughs> for the entire two days I worked yeah. with him, yeah. Uh, right, we are going to take a break now. When we come back, we'll focus on a couple of the other matches from the weekend, including a bit of a mare for Newcastle. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Obviously very disappointed with the performance today. Absolute shit. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> Was that me after Brighton Norwich? It's the Crawley, it's the Crawley Town Manager. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'd love it if you said that on the show. That'd be funny. Right, let's see how we got on in Betway's 4 to score before we get to your emails. Uh, remember, entry to Betway's 4 to score is free. Each week, pick the first goal scorer in Betway's 4 selector matches for your chance to win the weekly 50 grand jackpot. And make sure your selections are submitted before the first match. Further terms and conditions do apply, so make sure you check them out. Um, our first game was Manchester United against Leicester, which was the late kickoff on Saturday UK time. We'll come on to that in a bit. Uh, Jim, you actually picked Harry Maguire as the first goal scorer. Yeah, my thinking was that Leicester can see a lot from corners and he, he played for Leicester. He's under a lot of pressure. We quite often see players step up, but no. My, no. My, I, just to, just to uh, give you my take on that, Jim, um, I like that you've prioritised the banter <laughs> over money for charity. It was a serious... <laughs> Guess. <laughs> Have you seen him play for Man United yeah. this season? Do you know who did score though? Lawrence Maguire, his oh, brother. Oh, really? His brother scored the opening goal, so it would have you kind oh, of can got we have half that? there. He They've scored. Got for, a shared DNA. <laughs> he yeah. scored for Chesterfield. Uh, Chesterfield did end up actually losing the game, so it's not a great time for any of the Maguires right now. Uh, the result actually was Ian Acho, uh, yeah. by the way. Uh, so unfortunate on that one, Jimbo. Uh, game two was West Ham Everton, and Andy Brassel picked Mikel Antonio. He's not right at everything, is he? Actually, no, because it was Aaron Creswell with that free kick. Uh, Spurs Newcastle was our other choice of games. Pete picked Sonny, but it was actually Fabian Cher after Newcastle went on to lose the game, which we'll talk about in a moment. Um, our fourth match hasn't been played yet. It's Crystal Palace Arsenal, which is tonight, eight o'clock. Um, Kate has picked Jean-Philippe Mateta. 
Uh, we will find out later who the first goal scorer is if there is one. Best case scenario is one out of four, mm. and our, all of our all of our eggs are in the Jean Philippe Mateta basket. Yes, mine, mine aren't. I think he scored. <laughs> I think he scored last time out, and against. I think he might have scored against Everton in the cup. Oh, did he? So you never know. Mm. You never know. That'll be bragging rights for Mason on the WhatsApp group. Indeed. Right. We'll be back with another round of four to score on the preview show this Friday. Now it is time for this. You know what you gotta Yes, John has been in touch and he says, listening to Jules's glass smashing escapades reminded me of my trip to London in 2010, all the way from sunny Seattle. My friend and I were spending time in London and we're looking forward to watching England take on Germany in the knockout stage of the World Cup. Oh, how naive. We set up shop <laughs> in the nearest Weatherspoons to our hostel and had a few pints as we waited for the match to start. Things were relatively calm until Frank Lampard's clear goal was chalked off. At this point, the bar staff came around and poured everyone's drinks into plastic cups, taking the glass away. I can only think that Jules is not an outlier, but indicative of a wider culture. John, you could not be more bang on. No, I think what actually happened there was that it was exactly, you think it's because of Frank Lampard's goal being chalked off, but actually Jules walked into the pub at that exact moment. (laughs) They're like, right. (laughs) Everyone decant. She's barred, but decant anyway. Decant protocol. She may not leave. You know what? I think it's sensible choice. I think it is. I just remember what I remember watching that game. We went, me and, were you there, Jim? We were at Paul Riley's house. Do you remember Paul Riley? Yeah, I do. I don't think I was there, though. And we walked, me and Marcus and Rupert Fry were walking back from his house. He lived in the middle of nowhere. Just going, oh, this is shit. So shit. Mm. It was just so disappointing. It was so annoying. Yeah. Well, there you go. What are you going to do? You know what? On the glass thing, by the way, I do get quite annoyed if I get served a drink in a plastic cup that should be served in glass. So, you know, you get like, say you get a glass of Prosecco or a glass of champagne. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes they give it to you in a plastic flute. Yeah. And I get annoyed. Now people are going to think I'm annoyed for a different reason. Yeah. I can't <laughs> yeah. smash it at the end. You I, can smash it, can't you? But it's, a, it's harder and it's not satisfying. It's not definitely not satisfying. I've never mm. smashed plastic. Ooh. It was pointed out to us on that. Twitter, actually, that rage rooms exist where you can <gasps> just like yes. go into a room and just smash loads of things I up. Am, we should maybe, yeah. we should do that. We do a show in one. Can we? <laughs> yeah, it's just your living you room. Take my birthday, my um, 40th. The worst. <laughs> well, we haven't got time to plan years. that. Say, we've only got a couple of weeks to plan <laughs> that. that. <laughs> um, don't forget, you can get your emails into our show at footballramble.com or tweet us at footballramble. And on Wednesday, we'll have another pep talk. So if you've got any dilemmas, um, any questions you'd like to ask us for some advice on, then uh, get your emails in for that as well. Show at footballramble.com. Right, back to the football from the weekend. What a game it was yesterday at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Spurs 5 Newcastle won, and that was after Newcastle took the lead through Fabian Cher. Uh, I mean, it was an absolute riot in the second half from Tottenham, wasn't it? It was. It was like every time they attacked, they were going to just score again and again and again. And then they did. Yeah. Yeah, it was was fantastic. Spurs just... um, It wasn't even really that Newcastle fell apart, was it? It's just Spurs have got very, very good at turning the screw at home and really using the crowd and the, the you know the the added crowd essentially it started mm. to to really really work for them and I, I think you know it's it's an obvious point despite the fact he didn't score but harry kane was just absolutely magnificent yesterday i think he's added he's added shades of david beckham to his game like aside from the dead balls obviously um because there's this weird thing where kicks. Kane doesn't really score free kicks which no. is really quite strange but just that the, the kind of quarterback style passing that, that he's he's so good at is just absolutely on fire at the moment. The pass, the, the, the particular one to Son was just absolutely unbelievable. Mm. His passing range is un, unreal. And I think it's difficult for, obviously difficult for teams to know how to defend against that because he goes in there and he fills in and they have, a, they have an overload in the middle of the park and if a defender doesn't go with him, he's got time to turn and pick out these amazing passes. But if a defender does go um, with him, because they've got players now, Spurs, that are really good at overloading and really good at um, getting beyond Kane. And I'm not just talking about Son and Kulusevski. I'm talking about Doherty and Royale in this mm. game as well, both who scored. It's really difficult to defend against. However, I would say this. I would say that um, Newcastle seemed a bit shell-shocked by the amount of goals that were scored so quickly. So mm. when when um, Doherty, uh, whose name I always say wrong, apparently. Doherty. Doherty, 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 whatever. Get uh, Score, and then Son scores. It felt to me that, okay, fair enough, you're 3-1 down, Newcastle, away from home. But they seemed to really kind of um, go for it, almost really kind of chase it. They could chase the game. and It was almost a bit like 
they thought to us to themselves, we're, we're a good team now. We can, yeah. we can actually get back in this. And they just got picked off. Mm. And it was easier for Spurs than it, than it needed have been, to have been, I think. So that was a bit of an issue for them, particularly given that, you know, they, they seem to have lost quite a bit of momentum over these last three games now. I know there's been an international break in the middle, but I mean, you lose, by, you lose against Everton. You know, we talked about them. You lose to Chelsea, fair enough. But I mean, they've got a couple of home games coming up. They've got opportunities to kind of sort themselves out. They're going to stay in the Premier League anyway now, so maybe they just think that's job done. They'll build for next season. But I didn't think they needed to be as open and as chasing the game as they decided to be. I don't know why that happened when Howe is really quite a decent coach. Yeah, but I think from a Spurs perspective that they were right when they had the ascendancy in the game to just keep going. And, And I think because they have that quality on the pitch, they were able to actually put those opportunities away. I think Kulisevsky has been... I mean, I, I don't know. Is he underrated? I think we do talk about him quite positively and, and we have been giving him a lot of praise, but he has made a massive difference yeah, to really that has. front three. I think um, that Spurs front three now have started the last nine games in a row together now and they just look so dynamic moving Very forward. Very complimentary to yeah, each other. Yeah. yeah, and I think with Kulisevsky, the thing that impresses me the most about watching him is that even when Tottenham were 3-1 up, when they lose the ball, he chases it down. And and I'm talking about up at the attacking end of their pitch, when they're actually trying to attack. It's not like he's trying to win the ball back because he's lost it and he's trying to defend. Mm. He's actually constantly trying to make something happen. He's got this almost like endless energy that just never runs out. And he's always got, a you know, always picks out a decent pass or tries to create something. And I think that Tottenham were clearly missing that before and they just seem to work really well together. Don't they? I, I think. I think. Sorry, John, I was going to say. I think you know Spurs have got a making of a really good side now. I mean, it looks like Dirty's been really um, reinvigorated. They've got a great base to their team. If you look at the record with, I think we spoke about this before but with Dyer and Hoiberg in the team, mm. and you've got Benton Corey looks top quality alongside him, um, and Romero looks a good player. Um, and they've got these front, this front three who can really kind of really. You know, rival not anyone, but they they're a really really good strong front three, and as you say, they're consistent and they complement each other. It's a real it's a basis of a really good um, a really good side there. However, we've said that about Spurs quite a lot before, and mm. something somehow always conspires to go wrong. Um, they've got a, basically a straight fight, really, along in my view, uh, with Arsenal to get into that fourth fourth spot. Um, yeah, we'll see what happens. Mm. But that, they, I thought they were excellent yesterday, but I didn't think they needed to be that good. Newcastle yeah. seemed a little bit all over the place. Emerson Royale looked genuinely shocked when he scored. It was lovely, <laughs> yeah. wasn't it? He was like, what, what's just happened there? I've just scored. Yes, mm. you have. That was, was that his first Spurs goal? I believe yeah, so. Yeah, I think it might yeah. have been, actually. But I, li- yeah. I liked that Dan Byrne stuck a number on, did a number on someone. I can't remember who it was now. And then when the guy... Oh, it was on Harry Kane, wasn't it? Was it on was Kane? It on Kane? Well, whoever it was, when they got up, the camera caught Dan Byrne blowing him a kiss. And I thought, that is, that is old-fashioned <laughs> yeah, centre-back yeah. play right yeah. there. Yeah. Oh, big Dan Byrne. Yeah. I miss him. Did you, you didn't, well, not based on that before. No, that, well, no, yeah. obviously, yeah. but still, we do miss him. You, you're, you're basically supporting a side who have 31 shots and can't score, and your answer <laughs> seems to be Dan Byrne. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. Yeah. He actually scored a couple goals for us, yeah. including yeah. a goal against Manchester And, and you'll take them all, won't you? You yeah. really I take them all. absolutely will. It always looks odd when someone that large scores. Yeah. <laughs> like, even when Peter Crouch spent a whole career doing it, it still always looked weird yeah. somehow. Seven games, the last seven matches in the Premier League for Brighton, we've had one goal scorer, and you know who it was? Lewis fucking Dunk, wow. our okay. defender. There Is you that go. his full name? <laughs> no. LFD. That's what, what I call him, though. BDB, Big Dan Burn. Yeah. Um, Actually, um, Eddie Howe's reaction after the game I thought was interesting. He says, um, in hindsight, we might look back on this as a good thing, losing to Spurs. It might realign our thoughts and get us back to basics, which we think is a bit big Brucey energy there, don't we? Yeah, I, but I think there's <laughs> yeah. there's something to it, though. As you said, Luke, it's like they, they did wake-up call? Yeah, they, they tried to sort of go, yeah, no, we're... we're we're like a top four team now. We should we shouldn't be taking this from Spurs. And then they try to play Spurs their own game. Yeah. Absolutely dicked on. So like <laughs> they probably want to remember not to do that. If anyone in, actually worked in football as a player, a coach, or whatever, listens to this show, their big ambition should not be to be compared to Steve Bruce. <laughs> <laughs> that well, should be actually, our first and foremost. Yeah. Speaking of Steve Bruce, it wasn't a good day for him at the weekend either because their local rivals Birmingham ended their four-match unbeaten run by beating them 1-0. And reacting to the match, Steve Bruce said, that has got to be the worst game of football that I've ever seen. It was lacking in quality on both sides. West Brom didn't have a single shot on target in the match. What The worst game he's ever seen. The worst game Steve Bruce 
has ever seen. <laughs> I didn't it's he like, manage his thousandth game recently? It's like the worst horror movie Rob Zombie's ever seen. <laughs> or the worst album someone shit's ever heard. You know what, you know what I'm getting at there, you know? Yeah. 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 Oh, dear. He had, there was another amazing quote from Brucey, which was, uh, we had a stonewall penalty shout in the fourth minute, which the referee missed. He seemed to blow the whistle, then think, what have I done? And invented a free kick for them instead. <laughs> I watched the highlights of this because I knew that there's a chance it would come up because of Bruce's comments. And my God. They, Were they, there any highlights? They somehow managed <laughs> to stretch it to one minute, 50 seconds. <laughs> wow. By also having some kind of, um, you know, some like, TV kind of VT stuff around it with like little graphics here and there. But I mean, at one point, one of the highlights was a ball into the box that went out for a goal kick. It's like, <laughs> it, honestly, wow. it's so bad. And also, the thing that made it super bleak is that like most of the stadium was empty. Yeah. So, like, it, it looked a bit like, what's everyone doing here? Football at the end of the world. Yeah, basically, yeah. yeah. It was awful. It's, it's, it's weird when you get games where nothing happens. The one I always think of is England-Algeria. In, uh, oh, yeah. in 2010 yeah where, that was bad how can nothing happen yeah how can events conspire that like a throw-ins like the highlight of the game it's insane <laughs> um and one of the guys uh finn or charlie or whatever on social media said um you know when steve bruce made those comments by definition steve bruce has been witness to all of steve bruce's games <laughs> so i mean it's a quite a top list yeah. i'd love brucey to give us his top, top 10. 10 that'd yeah. be great yeah what's what's your what's one of the worst games you've ever seen luke well i always say that the, the worst game i ever went to was I saw Portsmouth nil, Gillingham nil. I think New Year's Day, 2001, 2002, somewhere like that. Oh, were you hungover? Yeah, and it was freezing and it was just absolutely terrible. And and another game I, I can remember, I, would, I took my then girlfriend to the first game she's ever been to, <laughs> which was Alan Perrin's Portsmouth nil, Wigan 2. <laughs> and it, it honestly looked like the Portsmouth team had never played football before. And she was like, are they supposed to be doing? Did she it? break up with you after she, that? She didn't, but she would be well within her rights to do so. <laughs> but she she had nothing to base it on, and she could see that the players playing for the team I supported, who were professionals, were like, they they shouldn't be doing this. <laughs> That's how bad it was. So this isn't how this sport works. But there's been loads over the years. Yeah. Loads I mean, I could pick either of the Brighton Norwich games from this season. <laughs> they were both nil nil. If you if you can't score against Norwich. That Norwich handball was fun, though, wasn't it? It was fun. What was that about? Really odd. Again, that's sort of like, like, are they supposed to be doing this? Is that I like, like even to a non-football fan? You go, that's surely that's not. I like that last night we, do we all made the decision that we weren't going to do the Brighton game. <laughs> We've spoken we about it, it about five in. times. <laughs> yeah. uh, let's talk Man United Leicester. That one ended a one all draw. Ian Acho and Fred on the score sheet for uh, both sides. Um, look, it was. It was a bit of an odd game, this one, actually. Do you think Manchester United got away with it? Do you think that Massively. Le- yeah, that Leicester goal that was disallowed for that foul, and I'm putting foul in co- inverted commas, yeah. um, should, have, should it have stood? Well, I know, I know that no one wants to talk about VAR forever, but that was a ridiculous decision. I agree. Opinion. Absolutely ridiculous decision. And, and a lot of people were saying that would that have happened if it wasn't at Old Trafford? I don't know. That's a, you know, that's a bit of conspiracy. That's a bit Tim Four hat mm. for me. <laughs> but again, it was another example of how just not fit for purpose this whole system is there's no way you should be disallowing a goal for that and I think Leicester have every right to feel very very agreed and James Madison said it after and he said look you know as soon as he goes to the monitor you know they're going to find some reason to disallow it which is him talking through his hat a little bit but I mean it was a I thought they United very very much got away with one there mm. no no out and out target man to aim for as well so no Cavani no Ronaldo Rashford sat on the bench it was all just a bit odd yeah. did, did, what, what did you think of the lineup? It's a funny one with Rashford, isn't it? In particular, you would think that that would that would be a really good opportunity to give him a start, play, help him play his way back into com- into form and into confidence because he's not going to do that in training, is he? He ne- he needs some game time, so it's really interesting to 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 make that decision. But I think there's been a lot of talk about sort of the lineup and and what the best lineup is for Man United. But and, and Rangnick's remit was to steady the ship, right? And it's been a bit harder than expected. And I think the issue might just be that. Essentially, no midfield combination they have works to the level they need it to. So whatever they try is mm. dysfunctional in some way. They're all slightly different and it doesn't quite click. And it's such a key area of the pitch that I think he's, he's going to be shuffling this around for the rest of the season and they'll probably not find something that, that does what they need. I think if I'm Marcus Rashford, I'm smashing his door down today saying, look, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a fit striker. And you've got me on the bench, which basically means if someone goes down injured in the first minute, you could, in theory, play me for the whole game. Mm-hmm. Yet I'm not starting. Mm. And you're playing without a recognised striker. Now, and no one can tell me this is the same as Man City playing without a recognised striker, where it's no. like a very no. well drilled system where everyone knows what they're doing and everyone kind of 
slots in and does their job. This is a very dysfunctional Man United team. And you can tell it is because he changes the team around all the time. So he knows, he doesn't know what um, what team he wants to play with. Look at look at West Ham, for example. They use about, they seem to only use about 14 players in total yeah. ever. Yeah, yeah. And yet, um, Man United don't really know what they're doing. To me, their results have, have, have been better than what everyone has them down in terms as them down as in terms of reputation because they've got so many good players. Um, they're very lucky to get away one against Leicester, I thought. Uh, I don't know how you solve their problems. We talk about it all the time. Their problems just seem to be huge and I don't know if it's going to be effective changed really by bringing in a new coach because they've tried that 15 times already. The players have had a lot of criticism as well but I think to be fair a lot of them have quite big futures at Everton. <laughs> Stop <laughs> it Jim. You know, in the championship. <laughs> you know what I, do, I did think um, um, it was a much better Leicester performance. I think we're starting to see a few signs of improvement. They've got players coming back from injury as well. Um, a shame to uh, not have Jamie Vardy available for, for the game but I thought yeah Nacho did well yeah. and I think that um, we're starting to see them play with a bit more confidence now and actually, I don't know, they just look like they've got a bit more of a spring in their step, which was nice to see because it's actually been it's been quite difficult watching Leicester games this it has, season. Yeah. There's been a, a real lack of consistency in For their Farmer's starting. back as well, by the way. Exactly. Yeah. And all of these can only just give them a bit of a lift. It's the lack of confidence, isn't it, is, is what's been so unusual about them this season. Because you know when you play Leicester, you expect they will come at you. Mm. They're not going to make things easy. They're not going to submit to whatever trying whatever game plan you're trying to impose on them. And that has kind of softened a little bit. And I think it is a personnel thing. Mm. Um, but at the same time, there have been positives from that. Like, Jewsbury Hall looks a really, really good player. He does, and yeah. he's, he's, you know, he's got a lot more game time than he might otherwise have done, yeah. uh, as far as I understand it anyway. And yeah, I think, that, as you say, Fafana's been a big miss. He was a, a huge player for them last season. Like, maybe James because Justin he's young. Well. Yeah. Maybe because he's young with kind of... Well, him and Evans, if they, if him and Evans are ever present all season, I don't think you can say Leicester have been the position they're in. No. I mean, they've, I know they're um, you know a good good load of points behind walls, but they've got three games in hand on them. Yeah. You th- you, they would be doing a lot better. And, and Roger said that himself, I think. I think he said, look, you know, you need to understand when you lose a centre-back partnership that you rely upon, it, it matters a lot more than just in those two positions because it gives you a real platform. And yeah. I think they've they've been a bit unlucky with um, with personnel. And that's, and that's also been the reason why they've conceded so many kind of set-piece goals and that kind of thing. So... Yeah, I thought they were very unlucky not to win against United at Old Trafford. Um, and that probably tells its own story. Mm. And they can focus as well on winning Europa Conference League now, which is kind of ironic because earlier on in the season, I think there are a few comments about not wanting to be in that competition. But now it looks like it could be one of their best opportunities in uh, for securing some European football for next season. Um, just a bit of sad news to bring you as well. Uh, we heard last night that the former Manchester United manager, Louis van Gaal, um, announced on Dutch TV that he's been battling an aggressive form of prostate cancer. So we wish him all the best. Yeah. Um, it, it's um, it's obviously a very tough time for him and his family. And, mm. and he's been receiving treatment for quite some time. And apparently uh, the players who he's been managing recently ha- didn't know about it. Um, so he's kept this very quiet. And um, look, we everyone here at Football Ramble wishes him all the best and, and fingers crossed for a full recovery as well. Um, let's talk old firm. That's probably the last game we've got a bit of time for. Mm. Um, where Celtic came out on top, beating Rangers by two goals to one. It means Celtic are six points clear with a win at Ibrox. Massive. I mean, oh, it is absolutely huge. I actually, um, I went out to the pub for lunch yesterday. So I was getting ready while this game was on. And I had my telly on quite loud and I was upstairs and it just, it, it honestly, I kept having to stop because I kept thinking, is that another goal? Yeah. That's how loud that Ibrox yeah. crowd were. It's almost like every single time either side attacked, you just heard this absolute roar from the crowd. I had to keep stopping going, was that another goal? Was that another goal? It was electric. Is it fair to say sometimes those fans take it a bit too far as well? Yes. Yeah, isn't just it? Just a bit. Yeah. Just a bit. The game had to be um, stopped at one point. Um, or was, no, the game was delayed, wasn't it? Was it was delayed for the second half, yeah. I mean, we've seen a lot of... Um, I, I don't want to immediately focus on, the ne- focus on the negative. It was a really interesting game because Ra- Rangers scored so early. Mm. Rangers played in a way that I think people who watch Scottish football a lot more than I do were surprised by. Mm. Um, I think maybe people expected Rangers to kind of keep it tight and see if they could nick something. I suppose it's hard to do that at home in an old firm game. But Celtic, you know, obviously were caught out early but then bounced straight back. Look, it was a great game. The atmosphere always comes across brilliantly. Um, for for me, it's hard not to talk about the negative stuff. We've seen a lot of um, incidents from crowds, not by any means just at Old Firm games this season, where things have people have thrown things at managers, thrown yeah. things at players. It's not unusual now to see a player celebrating a goal in the corner and having shit thrown at them. Mm. So that was disappointing to see. But for me now, I mean, for I'm sure all of us, 
Celtic going six points clear um, with so few games left, it's difficult to see them dropping enough points for Rangers to defend their title now. It, it yeah. does feel like both Rangers and Celtic are in the ascendancy, though, doesn't it? It seems like an exciting time for, 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 for both of them. I was going to say Scottish football, really. But I'm sure the rest of them don't give a shit about how good <laughs> Rangers and Celtic well, Rangers feel. got a big game midweek, of well, Exactly. And, 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 you know, Celtic are really doing very, very well under, under old Ange. And with... A friend of mine is a Celtic fan, and he said Furuhashi has excited him like no one since Henrik Larsson, which mm. might be like could be a, you know a bit of just you know the, the wind in their sails and stuff. But you know it all sounds positive from on both sides of the divide. Absolutely. Um, what a result that was for Celtic, though. And as you say, Ange Postecoglou, I think he he's um, surpassed maybe what the Celtic fans expected because mm. there was when he you know took over in the summer. I think there was a bit of apprehension about what he could bring and, and how he could actually turn things around at Celtic. And they needed a, a big overhaul and a big turnaround. And he's done exactly that. Um, they've been absolutely brilliant. The turnaround in terms of point difference is ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. They've done an incredible, incredible job he's done there. Yeah, worth pointing out as well that um, Rangers didn't have Morelos for the game. So without their goal scorer. So that was a big um, a big loss for them. But um, look, uh, whenever you talk about the old firm and you talk about these games... Whoever comes out on top, it's an incredible scalp and you know what it means to to those fans as well. Um, tonight, Jim, your boys are in action. Yep. Up against Pat and his Crystal Palace side. What, what do you think Pat. is going to happen? Because every point counts now when you're in this fight yep. for the Champions League. It's, it's massive, isn't it? It's really, really important that Arsenal get something from this. It's a really annoying place to go in that, those set of circumstances because, <laughs> as we know, Palace are, are, are tough at that. home and at, at night as well. A night game <laughs> on a Monday, I feel like they're going to be extra up for it. I think Patrick Vieira is doing a really, really good job there. I hope he remembers everything Arsenal did for him and puts his sporting <laughs> integrity to one side. <laughs> Do you know that Vieira is actually um, French for um, butcher? Is it? Yeah. Checks out, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. Oh, Checks oh, by out. the way, I just realised we haven't talked about the title race. Does anyone want to say anything about Liverpool and Man City? Same as it has been for four yeah, years. They both won They both won 2 0 at the weekend. Liverpool went top for a bit. Man City then went back top after they won at three o'clock. Uh, next, next game's massive, isn't it? Always. Next Sunday. Yeah. They're playing each other is absolutely massive. Where are you going to watch it? It's at the Etihad. So... That, um, that joke was a Pat Butcher joke. Was it? What was the joke? Pat Butcher. Um, I know who Pat Butcher is. Yeah, Pat. Oh, I, did, I completely missed that. <laughs> I took that at complete what, what, what face value. Patrick missed... Vieira, I said Vieira's French for Butcher. Oh. Because you kept calling him Pat. Got ya. Doesn't matter. Probably oh, cut that out, I Charlie. Went, Waste of time. Over our heads. Fucking absolute washout of a joke. <laughs> I can't even remember your question. What was your question? Uh, where are you going to watch the big game between Liverpool and Man City? I'm actually going to be in Scotland. So I'll watch what? it. On, yeah, I'm what going, are you doing I'm in going Scotland? away for a weekend. None of your business. You're a Jules. week late for the old firm. You're not invited. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I got my dates wrong. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's going to be good, Jim, isn't it? It is. The, it is. I mean, you're not bothered, are you, about the title race? Nah. You're bored of it. Yeah bored of the same one <laughs> for four years in a row. Yeah. Oh, they're two very special teams, though. They are, it's they are. Yeah, I'm not, right not really bored of it because the quality's so high. Um, right, that's all we've got time for. Thanks for listening to the Football Ramble, part of the ACAST Creator Network. We'll see you next time. The Football Ramble is a stack production and part of the ACAST Creator Network. 